0: Before we get into today's chat, we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. As always, we pay our respects to their elders, past and present.
1: And my microwave has never seen so much action. I'm constantly reading no, things. Me too, Jess. And
2: before I had a baby, I would have been like, ill gross. I would never microwave. Microwave. Like the- <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: it's like literally yeah.
2: four times every day.
1: Yeah, honestly, I'm like, is this ceramic cup going to withstand one more <laughs> session in the microwave? Let's push it to the
0: extreme and find out. Welcome to Talking In Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, relationships, well-being, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by, hosted by myself, Kate Gidinski, and my co-host, Sophie Panton. Take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. A big thank you to today's episode sponsor, Lululemon and their performance tights, designed to stretch what's possible in every moment. Hi. Hi. You're a, a newly reborn woman for the second time.
2: Reborn? Reborn? Sorry, reborn.
0: <laughs> welcome back, my love.
2: Here we are. Thank you. I feel like I deserve that welcome back. I've come back as a new woman and mother.
0: Yay! But hang on. Let's get straight into it. Let's talk about what we have in common today. And I think that you need to talk. To everybody, about what you and I have in common today.
2: Well, my dear friend, we are now both mothers of two children. Yay!
0: <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> my darling.
2: Thanks, babe. Thank <gasps> you. I'm here on the other side of childbirth. Woo! Welcome. With two kids in tow.
0: How are you feeling, my darling?
2: I'm good. Um, I'm about a month in now and I'm settling into it. You know, my boobs have settled down. The milk flow is happening. Little baby boy Ren is doing really well. You know, my tenderness after the birth is just all starting to settle and the sleep deprivation is setting in nicely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's only the beginning. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, it's so amazing and I'm so happy for you guys and that your beautiful baby boy is here safely earthside. It's so Exciting. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's truly such a precious, precious time in life. But I'm not going to divulge too much today because today is about a great guest episode that we did record a few weeks ago, and I will divulge all. The details of the birth and the first few weeks with you guys in the next episode so
0: I'll make sure we get all the good bits out of her guys yeah I cannot wait
2: so yes so happy to announce that little baby boy is here and you know more details on that coming soon but yeah we do have that in common now my loved mothers of two kids
0: yes we are now finally on the same um what would you Plang call it
2: field. Same
0: playing field. <laughs> <laughs>
2: One parent to one child.
0: Oh, and how um actually I'm not gonna ask you any questions. Stop me, stop me. Don't allow me to ask you the questions today. All right, next I need step. to save them all in my memory bank. Next so step. we do have another fantastic guest episode today with the incredible Jess Hatzitz. Love Jess. Wasn't oh, she great? She was so great. And mm. um I think before we kind of, you know, get into our chat with her, it would be good to touch on something that came up in our conversation that Jess talked about, which was you know, finding a rhythm rather than finding balance when you Mm. become a mum or a parent.
2: Yeah, she literally talked about that at the very end of the episode. So, stay tuned for this great advice that she gave us, which really stuck with us, didn't it? We were talking about it afterwards.
0: I think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense because, you know, balance, I guess, requires everything to be equal, whereas rhythm allows for change, variance. Mm, ebbs and flows. Yeah, and I think it allows you to be sort of truer to yourself and what works for you as well as flexibility. And I think in return, you then kind of find your balance. Does that make sense?
2: Mm, Totally. I think she described it as like balance doesn't really exist with motherhood and everything else in life that comes along with being a mum, whereas rhythm is exactly that. You know, it allows flexibility. It allows you to be more accepting, I think.
0: absolutely. Of
2: ups and downs and ebbs and flows and... Peaks and troughs. So, great piece of advice and something that we've been sort of living by a little bit <laughs> since then. So, thanks, Jess. <laughs> are, you are you trying to find your yeah. rhythm? You're
0: trying to find your rhythm a oh, moment I,
2: I definitely am now. Yeah. And it's a whole new rhythm now, of course. You know, yeah. when you've got a newborn in the house, your life, you are in this little bubble. Yeah. Um, and your life does change for some time. You are at home a lot, feeding a lot. You know, it's a different stage of your life. And I do remind myself every day and because i have been through this phase once before and because we have discussed and heard so many other people's stories and explored so much to do with this phase like i'm so much more accepting of the rhythm yeah and not trying to force a balance or force this period to be over or complete or finished because it's just part of life and it's a beautiful phase of life and finding the rhythm is something that works really well I think.
0: You've sort of just got to kind of go with it go with the flow a little bit at the beginning don't you until you kind of find that rhythm which will come eventually mm. you know your own rhythm will come mm. and what your rhythm is would be different to what mine was when I had exactly. my second baby you know yeah. everyone is so different. Yeah, I was actually thinking a lot about rhythm prior to clicking record today and um, I was sort of comparing it In a musical sense so think about a fast song you love and a slow song that you love Mm -hmm. they're probably both great songs but often you feel like listening to them at different times so one's no better than the other they're just different so but 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 they both follow a beat so in life you know we can use the word i guess to compare to this like routine or balance however you know one is slower, one is faster, but they still stick to the beat. But you just need different things at different times. Mm. So at nighttime, you might have had a few drinks. You want to listen to like a really upbeat song, but then sometimes in the morning, you want to like slowly cruise into the day. I'm probably sounding really woo woo now, crazy, <laughs> but it makes sense, right?
2: Makes it's total all about sense. The I love that, babe. I love that. And it's true what you said about like your rhythm is different to mine too. Yeah. So the worst thing that we can do is look at someone else and be like oh, you know, they're doing everything, how have they got it all together or, mm. you know, they're just in a different rhythm, they're on a different song.
0: Yep, they're on a totally Listening different song. Listening to a different song. song. <laughs> okay, so I'm not that crazy. As I was saying that, I'm like, does this make sense? It makes sense yeah. in my own head.
2: Yeah, um, well, of course, you know, you're, you're a singer, you're a musician at, <laughs> at heart, my love. <gasps> makes total sense. Oh, those were the days. You, know you know what's funny? Um, I'm actually drinking my coffee out of my keep cup today and it just reminded me how we had a little chat to Jess about how many times we microwave our coffees these days as (laughs) mums or as
0: parents. Is your keep cup one of those ones that keeps it hot?
2: Yes, it keeps it hot and I'm fucking sick of microwaving my coffee. So now there's another life hack for you. I just make my coffee at home in my keep cup and it keeps it hot. Actually, another great tip that someone gave me, you know, if anyone else listening is is in this postpartum stage, I make a really big like litre bottle of tea. What's it called that keeps like a tea hot?
0: A furnace? A furnace? A therm- <laughs> no, not a furnace, a thermos. Thermos. <laughs> thermos. A thermos. A thermos.
2: <laughs> Shit has saved me now. I make a I make a thermos of tea, and it keeps my tea hot like all day. So I just go Genius. keep going back to it. Who would
0: have I know,
2: I know. A mum had taught that's a me good that one. trick. It's a good oh, one, that's right? Great. You know, yeah. If you are spending your days at home um you know breastfeeding and looking after kids like yeah get on to that anyway back to Jess <laughs> back to Jess she shared so much great stuff i loved how honest she was about her career and needing and wanting to go back to work and yep. about that being part of her identity and how fulfilling that is for her and how that makes her a better person and a better mum i think yep. that's really honest and i think a lot of women that do choose to go back to work that are really honest about that, it's really important, you know, and it's really refreshing just to be really honest about that. And I think like, you know, there was a couple of other great things that we chatted about, even though we're all sick of talking about the pandemic and we have moved on a lot in some ways, we did talk a lot about how much those differences have shifted our lives now and what that is like to work from home and to do so much from home and to be somewhat juggling parenting with working and it was really interesting to hear her perspectives on that as a business owner.
0: Yeah. She Um, was so generous with all that she shared actually, Jess. She was so mm. open and honest. She was great.
2: Another great point that she made was from a business owner's perspective was that we need to be more educated as a society really for parents coming back into the workforce after having kids and how she's sort of taking more responsibility within her, within her own business to progress that and change that now that she's experienced it herself.
0: It's so important because you hear so many women and and men as well, but so many women saying that they just do not feel supported when they go back to work after having mm. a baby. Mm. And, you know, it makes that transition just so hard mm. and, um, I think it is a really important one and something that all businesses should really be taking into consideration and have something in place so that women do feel supported and encouraged to want to actually go back to work and Mm. feel good about it,
2: Mm, feel good about their
0: decision and feel supported, which is the main main point. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a really tough transition. So I love that part of our chat.
0: Interestingly, like speaking about going back to work, there's something that we touched on, I think in one of our season one episodes. So. That feels like God knows how long ago, a long time Mm. ago. Mm. There was a study by the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis that mothers with at least two kids are the most productive of all. And the study found that over the course of a 30-year career, mothers outperform women without children adding that the correlation between the number of children and on-the-job productivity is true for men too, but it's even more pronounced in women. It also said that not only do parents accomplish more, they also generally make better leaders because parents tend to perform better in the workplace, especially in managerial roles because they know how to multitask, cope with stress and negotiate. True that. Yeah, right?
2: So relevant to what we were chatting to Jess about too because I think she talks about... Um, that her business partner and her have this motto that, you know, if you need something done, give it to a busy person. Yeah, And we all know that mothers are very busy people. So yeah, interesting study, but what it was particularly about parents of two.
0: Yeah. It says particularly mothers of at least two kids. Oh, at least two
2: kids. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I'm in that realm now.
0: You're about to get super, super, duper productive.
2: <laughs> it's so true, though. Like any mother will say that. You know, you you almost learn to be more organized. You you're forced to be more organized, more productive. The busier you are, the more things yeah. you get done. Like we've
0: got the, just... the same amount of time, but you've got more shit you need to get done.
2: Yeah, so yeah. You just have exactly. to do it. Yeah. Anyway,
0: I mm. thought that was interesting, so I thought I would share that with everybody. Very interesting. All right. Well, let's um. Let's introduce our incredible guest, Jess Hatzitz. She is the co-founder of Willow and Blake Agency, frank body and mother to her little girl Ellery. We spoke with Jess all about the combination of her career and motherhood, how the pandemic and working from home played out for her as a business owner and a mum. Also how the building of her incredible successful global brand Frank Body played out for her and her business partners and she also generously opened up and shared her personal experience with pregnancy loss. Jess is the kindest soul and such a powerhouse and we loved having her join us. We know you'll enjoy her too. Here she is.
2: Jess, a big warm welcome to Talking in Common. We're actually both so thrilled to have you on the podcast today. You've been on our guest wish list for quite some time. So thanks for being here.
1: Thanks, ladies. I'm very excited to
0: chat with you today. We cannot wait, Jess. We are very interested in hearing, you know, all about how the pandemic and working from home has played out for you as a business owner and, of course, as a brand new mum. But we will get into all of that a little bit later. The first question we love to ask all of our guests is, what did you want to
1: be when you were growing up? I had a few things that I wanted to be, but um, like every child, I thought I was going to be a marine biologist and I still don't know how <laughs> that, that made its way into like the top five things that we all wanted to be. I've never met anyone that's actually a marine biologist in my life. Where did this come from? You're so right understand. though. A
2: lot of people do say that, <laughs> don't they?
0: My daughter wants to be, like I said, she wants to be a marine biologist at some point. Yeah. So it's still
1: happening. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's still a big uh, then I really wanted to be a dancer. So I, I was a dancer for a lot of my life for about 18 years. I absolutely loved it. The performing arts was such a big part of my life growing up and then I realised I wasn't good enough. So I stopped pursuing that dream and spent a lot of my late teens having absolutely no idea what it was I wanted to do and even my early 20s, to be perfectly honest. And I sort of fumbled my way into the career I have now.
2: Yeah, well, we want to talk to you all about that because you have an incredible career journey, but I remember meeting you for the first time or like properly for the first time. It must have been around 2011 or 2012. You just moved into a new place in Sekilda with your boyfriend at the time, who was a friend of mine, (laughs) and you had us over for a lovely dinner. And I remember this because I got to know you a bit better that night and, you know, your like incredibly ambitious and entrepreneurial nature really left an impact on me then and you were doing all this cool stuff you were DJing I think you were just about to start or you had just started Willow and Blake your branding agency I want you to tell us a little bit about this time in your life like what had got you to this point and what were your hopes for your career at this stage?
1: I remember that night so well. Do you? (laughs) Yeah it was such a memorable time in my life too like I'm Mm. so lucky to still have that person my ex-boyfriend in my life and be one of my Mm. closest friends now and Mm. we went through this um you know kind of journey into adulthood together a first time you move in with your boyfriend and hosting dinner parties and reflect on the stuff that we cooked you could barely call it food (laughs) Um, between the the two of us we were lucky if we could chop something properly (laughs) there would have been good wine that's for sure (laughs) there was always good wine yeah Yeah. good at wine but I'd been working at My previous job for about two and a half years, I loved working there. I learned so much from the people that employed me and I got to work directly with the two founders. And it was that kind of moment upon realizing that I loved what they did and I wanted to be doing that rather than working for people. I wanted to be the person driving that Mm decision-making. And we've noticed a real gap in the market when it came to copywriting and people actually putting as much emphasis on that as they did on design you know knowing the two work best when there's love and attention poured into both so we took a leap of faith and I think thankfully being in our early 20s helped just be completely naive to what was about to come there wasn't as much risk involved really because we didn't have a family to be responsible for at the time it was very much mm. a you know individual venture learning along the way We were learning so much along the way, but it was the best adventure.
2: You're a creative writer, right?
1: By trade, a copywriter. And I I don't do as much of it anymore because of the way that my roles have evolved. Now I'm sitting a lot more in, I guess, the strategy and business admin side of things, which I still really love. And it's really nice to kind of nurture that next generation of writers coming through. But yeah, that Mm. is where I started as a copywriter, mm. and that was how Willow and Blake grew and it was eventually how Frank Body was born because of our desire to write something fun. Mm.
0: So can we talk about Frank Body for a minute? Can you give us a little bit of a background on, I guess, how it did all come about and how did it kind of get to
1: where it is today? Yes, so Frank Body was born in 2013. There was a few of us involved in that originally, so myself, Alex, Steve, Bree and Erica. Um, the th- three women, we were running Willam and Blake, the creative agency together. And we'd had so many clients come through. They wanted risky, they wanted different. And that's what we were known for. And then when you gave them that idea, they would run in the opposite direction (laughs) because they were too (laughs) scared to commit to something that they hadn't seen out in market before. And it was a little disheartening. On the other side of things, we We were really interested in this emerging e-commerce space at the time and had a real desire to play in that. So we were trying to merge all of these ideas, this want to really take something from beginning to end and own the creative. And you know, we knew we could grow something if we had that chance. We had personal interests in health and wellness and looking at how we could make better choices for our lives and our bodies. Led very much by Alex, we knew that we wanted to do something in e-commerce and looking at how we could create the next DTC business and use social media to play in that space. So all these things came together Mm -hmm. and created what then became Frank Body. And we launched with such humble aspirations. I remember Alex and I were at the pub the night we launched thinking, oh, yeah, like we'll be lucky if we sell two or three scrubs. And (laughs) we got these notifications on Shopify that we'd sold out. I remember leaving our palmers halfway through and running home (laughs) like shh. Shit. <laughs> what are we gonna do? How do we make this work? We've got to make more scrub. We've oversold what we made. That was how it all started. We were making everything by hand. It was very humble beginnings. You know, like elbow deep in coffee until two o'clock in Why the morning.
2: Why? Coffee scrub, because I love the story behind the you know, how the actual
1: product came about. That was Steve. He was the genius behind the actual product that we launched. We always like to say that Steve makes money out of coffee every way he can. He <laughs> owned a series of cafes in Melbourne. He still has you know, he still plays in the hospitality industry, but at the time that was his real bread and butter. And people would always come in and ask for coffee grinds to take home and do various things with. So guided fertiliser, making their own bathroom products. You know, the more he learned about how people were using them at home, the brain started to like tick over and go, okay, there's something in this of I'm noticing that, People are liking to use it in the bathroom. Maybe there's something that we can do there. And we did a bit of research and realised that to get the best benefit when using caffeine topically, you should be using fresh grinds because if you use recycled ones, the sustainability element is nice but you're not getting much benefit because the caffeine's in the cup of coffee and no Mm. longer in the grind to use on your skin. So we started mixing things by hand using stuff we had in the kitchen. Like you can't even call it a formula. It was a recipe (laughs) at best. And... um, Got in the shower and used this stuff that made you feel absolutely ridiculous when you were using it, but the result was so beautiful compared to anything that we'd tried before. And this ticked so many boxes for us. It was really effective. It was really affordable. The ingredients were natural, so it was better for us. Better as it smells amazing, smells great. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, that was how it all started. Just so many things had to go right at the same time for Fred Body to turn into what it eventually did. And if one of those things hadn't happened. I often think, like, we wouldn't be here today. Mm.
2: It's an amazing, like, explosion of, like, you know, all the people that you just talked about combined, their backgrounds, their obvious entrepreneurial spirits all combining and creating something amazing.
1: None of us would declare ourselves, like, entrepreneurs by nature. It was just we kind of found our way into that and then you fed off each other's energy and interest to do something a little bit different and then Mm. kind of cultivated that spirit within everybody and I imagine if I'd been on my own and not had these people in my life, mm. like would I, be, would I be doing something completely different? It would be mm. interesting to know what I'm doing in a parallel universe. If I'd never met Bree at my first job at Red Bull, None of this would have happened.
2: Oh, my God, yeah. You girls used to be promo girls together, didn't we you? We were. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's
1: right. Honestly. That? Best job in the world. I'm like, <laughs> like. I used to do that too. <laughs> you get paid so
2: much and you just get to go out, have a good time with like a group of friends, sell some product, yeah. eat and drink some product.
1: <laughs> Seriously, like we got paid to drive around in a car with your best mate all day. How good. We should do the that, that's best though. job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We've been past it now, baby. We've been 20 years. <laughs> what do you mean?
1: <laughs> There's a whole group of mums out there we could influence, guys. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so,
0: Jess, it, you know, it's undeniable that Frank Body really set a new benchmark for branding and creating not just a product, but a real identity and a voice behind the brand. Can you sort of talk us through a little bit about, you know, I guess what you believe were the main contributing factors to it becoming such a success?
1: I'd spent so much money on things that I thought were going to do something and they did jack all when I used it. It was a really frustrating experience as a customer. So we were coming at it from two angles. That desire to just be very honest and upfront about what our product was and very frank. So that was where the philosophy of let's be frank about everything mm-hmm. came from. We're like, this looks like dirt in a bag, but it's going to make your skin really smooth. It's quite a simple ingredient list. So let's not dress it up in bells and whistles. And I think that was what people responded to. They, It was like nothing that they had seen before. Now it's a lot more mm. commonplace. But at the time, it wasn't something that had been done before and was a big part of why people connected to the brand.
2: Mm. Was it quite experimental in that way? Like I suppose you wouldn't have realised like the power in which Instagram was going to kind of catapult brands and like where it is now.
1: And... Word of mouth has and always will be the best form of marketing. So there was strategy behind what we were doing in that come into this place where people are talking about things that they like and create a way for them to talk about you. That was the goal. And so encourage them to be taking photos of the product and the brand and feel like they're part of the community. It's sort of marketing 101, just doing it Mm. in a new platform or a new space that people hadn't been doing it before. So the strategy was there, but wasn't a proven concept on Instagram yet, so there was always an element of risk. People loved getting their kid off, which was really interesting.
0: <laughs> it's such a fun brand. Like how could you not? I want to go scrub right now after talking Ooh, about okay. all
1: this scrub toss.
0: <laughs> Send me a photo,
2: Kate. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to just ask quickly, like how you feel about your placement within not just Instagram but social media now because it is so, such a different landscape.
1: I feel like a geriatric trying to use social media now. <laughs>
2: Mm, oh my god if you feel like that then shit <laughs> what hope of the rest of us We've got
1: no hope honestly like when tiktok launched do I just you want tiktok we are am i personally okay. no no but i hate year, it you- are you on it kate <laughs> no
0: but my six-year-old keeps she's not on it but she keeps talking about it coming home from school and being like mom can we do a tiktok i'm like i don't really know how to use tiktok <laughs> But you can teach me.
1: <laughs> yes, she can teach you. I might get Ellery to teach me. I'm sure she knows by now. I, I um, I find social. I'm so grateful for it because obviously it was how we got our business out into the world. But the social that I knew growing up and launched Frank on is, is such a different place. Now it is so manicured and curated and filled with landmines. It's not an enjoyable place to be a lot of the time anymore. People have a lot to say and rightly so because brands need to be held accountable for the shit that they Mm. do. Sometimes you can't put a foot right and I've noticed that with our clients at Willow and Blake and even internally at Frank, people become terrified to do anything on social for fear of retribution. The community aspect I think is is lost and there's a positive shift in that people are using social to talk about really meaningful issues and topics. I love that part, Mm. the sharing of information And there's more respect from brands and influencers to stop talking about your coffee scrub when people's homes are being flooded. Like Mm. I think that is the most positive change we've seen. But it still scares me when I go on there. I'm like, I can't, I don't know what anyone's actual face looks like anymore because it's just Mm. they're covered in filters. And what Mm. does this mean for my daughter in 15 years when she's on social? What's she going to be dealing with? The whole new layer of complexity added to it for me once she was born. Yeah, I have a real... Love-hate relationship.
0: We were just talking about this with our kids, weren't we, Soph? But the thought of technology for my kids freaks me out. But at the same time, you, we kind of have to go with what's happening because you've got to move forward, right? You know, even something really simple like a, um, like a smartwatch, like all her friends at school have garments. I'm like, she's too young for a garment. Or she's Already? talking about like, do you post pictures of me on Instagram, <laughs> mummy, all this stuff, and it freaks me out. But there's going to have to be some point where I'm going to have to go, okay, it's different to when I was a child and we have to kind of, you know, move forward with the times, but I'm not ready and I don't want to do it. Mm. And the day that she's on social media, like, oh. Mm, Navigating it is weird because it's new to all of us.
1: But you also want to educate them about it, right? Yeah, and how to use it safely and productively so you can't avoid it completely. You have to help them learn how to navigate it holy shit and it it changes at a rate that I can't keep up with so what I teach mm. them today is wrong tomorrow and yeah it's really tricky and I find the um uh the question of whether your children are present on social even on your own feeds is so topical I forget I need to ask permission before I post a photo of anyone's child and I just sort of forgot that in the moment because I'm like oh that's so yeah. cute Ellery and my friend's baby playing together post I'm like oh Maybe Mm. they didn't want their child out on the internet and I've just broken a cardinal rule. So how on
2: earth have you managed to weave motherhood into the mix of your very busy career and your life and how have you found the first year with your beautiful little Ellery?
1: I'm loving this age, just cheeky little muffin with a new trick to play every single day. I went back to work when she was seven months old into my full-time job. I found the first few months really difficult because of the nature of my role. I still had to be quite present in the business, um, attending board meetings, and we were in the middle of a really, really big deal. We were closing a huge um, investment round in the business. So she was a couple of days old and I was recovering from my C-section surgery on, you know, breastfeeding her on these meetings, trying to pay attention to what was being spoken about completely sleep deprived it was really really difficult I don't wish that experience on anybody so I had those obligations each week or each fortnight or each month um, in the lead up to coming back I never know how to talk about this because I don't think I'm fortunate I think it's just the way that it should be but before we even started trying for a child my husband Dan and I had really clear expectations that parenting is 50-50 that Mm. you are not doing me a favor. You are not babysitting, babysitting. your child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Fuck. laughs>
0: I know how not when people say that my husband's babysitting or my partner's babysitting. It's like what? Babysitting? is no, their
1: child. They're parenting. That's what that's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we could do a whole podcast episode just oh my god, terminology. We talked about, all right, how could this work? I realistically don't think I could take a year away from my businesses and I didn't want to I really love what I do Mm. so I wanted to find a way to make that work for us and Dan really wanted to take time off and be the stay-at-home parent so we're very much on the same page so I took the first seven months full-time did a month transitioning back to work where I went part-time and he took over part-time we had a nanny come and help a couple of days a week just like three hours twice a week actually it really wasn't very much to give Dan a little bit of time to keep focusing on his work and I was fortunate that I could work from home for a lot of that time. We were still in lockdown for half of it. So it was great in one sense, in that it was a bit of a soft transition into yeah. work, but also difficult because you both know what this is like. You're so finely attuned to every aspect of their day, every sound they make. I was backseat parenting from the office. Like, she wants this. That's what that sound means. So I never. I I had to learn how to step back and let my very capable husband do his half and mm. parent. And um, learn any yeah. time. Exactly, yeah. Uh, hearing your baby cry
0: too if you're probably on a Zoom meeting or something <sighs> and then you're like, oh, I physically feel like she needs me. I want to be in yes. here. But I've got to be in here. Like she's fine. She's in the other room. She's with her dad.
1: It's exactly. all good. <laughs> yep. And the clutch at your boobs is so real. Yeah. We were still breastfeeding at the time. So I'd sort of schedule my meetings around feeding her and Yeah, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but maybe my brain has just blocked it out. (laughs) Truthfully, I became a better and happier mum once I returned to work because I loved that adult stimulation. I love Mm -hmm. my daughter more than life itself, but I needed more than playing blocks for 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. I needed to do something else and it was just, that was what was right for me. The next person completely wrong for them. They loved every minute of being home every day. And I think we just need to acknowledge that as parents and as women, we're all gonna have different yep. desires and different levels of comfort. And I really struggled with that. My work had been such a massive part of my identity, which is maybe problematic in its own right. But um, you know, I missed that day to day and the creativity that came with that. So I really found I started to thrive once I got into the rhythm of balancing mum life
2: and work. On creativity, how did you find combination of like the mental load of being a new mum and then trying to be creative like did it enhance it for you or did it block it for you?
1: The first month I really struggled to get my head into the right space for work. Motherhood and parenthood is all consuming. You think about them every second of the day. I could never understand it until I was in it so I did find that difficult at first and then Mm. I don't know it was like a, a switch flipped And Bree, my business partner, and I always, we love the saying, like if you need something done, give it to a busy person. And I don't think there's anyone more busy than a mum on the planet. (laughs) So you just make it work, get it done. You don't have time to like faff about anymore. So I found that it was more decisive. You've got so much shit to do. (laughs) So you know what's wrong or right more quickly when you look at it. It allowed me to lean into my gut instincts a lot more. So there was definite positives from it.
2: Mm, It must be nice that your other partners have kids as well. You'd all sort of be on the same page of like they need some space, they need some time off, they need to kind of pick up where each other left off and really give each other the space to parent and be with children when they need to and then sort of...
0: You
1: can understand it as well. Yeah. We're very fortunate that we all have kids, like all the founders and even 99% of our heads of department uh, parents like it's almost impossible to get us all in a the room these days because someone's kid is sick or we have been struck down by childcare illnesses so we're just in this constant you know ebb and flow of who's available who's sick I reflect now though on the time before I had children but we had team members that had children and I wish I had been more educated about what they were going through so that we could have supported them better mm. and we did our best with what we had at the time of, always been very supportive of our parents coming and going from work but I wish as a society there was a way we could be more educated about that and help our parent parents transition in and out of the workforce more so that's a big project for me at the moment working with our HR manager on creating a program that allows that to happen more seamlessly and give parents more confidence when they come back into the workforce. It's just such a complex topic. Until you actually have a child, you don't understand how
0: constant like the demands of like being a mum is or a dad is. It's just constantly in your mind. You're worrying about every little thing that's going to happen and what you've got to do in three hours' time, two hours' time, like how your child is right now, how they're going to be tomorrow. So it's constant. And I think I remember Soph saying to me when she had honey she was just like I thought I knew what it was like to to have kids and I thought I knew what it would be like and fuck like
1: it's just not what I thought it's so much more full-on than what I thought but you don't realize how many little parts of your day you're going to wave goodbye to like just drinking your coffee in the morning while it's hot Man, my microwave has never seen so much action. I was constantly reading no, things.
2: you too, Jess. And before I had a baby, I would have been like, ill gross. I would never microwave, microwave. Like, the- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like literally yeah. four times every
1: day. Yeah, honestly, I'm like, is this ceramic cup going to withstand one more session in the microwave? <laughs> Let's push it to the extreme and find out. Oh yeah, you're right. Going to the bathroom, you're like, Hour. It was so much easier when they were little, I found, because you just plonk them wherever they needed to be and they'd stay there. Now, oh, my God, she's just ripping the cupboards apart and trying mm. to injure herself in any way she can.
2: Mm. So busy at this age and it just gets They're busier, so- Jess. <laughs> oh, no,
1: great. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wait. All
2: right, Kate, time for a little break, Kate. Hey? Now, I told you all to watch this space after Kate's very convincing argument last time about the Lululemon Align Pants, and I am happy to say that you were so right.
0: See, I told you so. I am <laughs> always right. You should always listen to me when it comes to comfort, my dear.
2: I am living in my very own pair right now, <laughs> and they are giving me everything I need. Being a month postpartum now, I opted for the super high-rise Align Pants, and they're hugging me in all the right places. They are literally like a second skin. What was I texting you before? That they are holding in my mum tum.
0: <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, you sent me a very cute little bump pic of your post baby mum tum. <laughs> <laughs> There's no tight seams digging in anywhere. They fit like a glove
2: and they really are so soft to touch. Buttery is like the best way to describe them. I'm absolutely loving them. And I think you were saying last time that they last really well, like wear after wear and I'm a firm believer in quality, not quantity, so I look forward to wearing these babies for years to come. And when I am ready to get back into a bit of exercise again, I think my next pair will be the compression tightest stuff
0: tight babe I am so glad but honestly I knew that you were going to love them for everyone listening go and get your legs into a pair you can find them at lululemon.com.au or follow them on socials at lululemonoznz they're available now time to get back to our chat with Jess so Jess prior to falling pregnant with Ellery You experienced pregnancy loss. And coming from my own personal experience, I know how incredibly difficult and isolating this can be. If you feel comfortable, can you share with us
1: your story?
0: Yeah, I'm
1: so comfortable sharing it because I think that that's what we all need to do so that the next person that goes through it doesn't feel as caught off guard as I did. So I knew miscarriage happened, but I did not know anything about the stats I had no idea that it was one in four pregnancies and that's not even one in four people one in four pregnancies it's just unbelievably common how often it happens and then so strange how little we talk about it and how little information there is available you know we started trying one month and then my period just never arrived for eight weeks and so we know something strange happened there because then when it did arrive it was the most horrific period of my life but i'd never tested positive on any pregnancy tests in the lead up to that we started off this journey with this really confusing period of so regular and then we try and then my period goes missing for two months then this really intense period arrives and then the next month i fell pregnant and we thought okay that was really strange we don't know what happened there but yay i'm pregnant this is amazing i was so excited I went to the doctor to confirm the pregnancy a few days later and I got a call saying oh your HDC levels are quite low so we want to monitor this and make sure that they're doubling in the right way so I was about six weeks along at that point I went in a couple more times for blood tests and then got a phone call from the doctor and I just knew I was going to get this phone call with some bad news and I got a call and they said look you're hcg levels aren't rising enough for us to feel confident this pregnancy is going to stick around and we want you to be prepared for the fact that it probably won't the doctor i was dealing with was definitely lacking some bedside manner to be honest but um i was just absolutely devastated and then just sitting there for the next few days or the next week waiting to miscarry
2: yeah. Like what a message to leave you with. Like
0: yeah. straight to the point doctors, I think in that regard, like, cause they're so used to seeing these things happen on a daily basis, but a lot of the time they don't really kind of think about how you're feeling, you know, on the other end of the phone or sitting in their office,
1: wherever it might be. I remember him going, Oh, my colleague is much better at dealing with this sort of stuff. I'm like, what is this sort of stuff like human life you not capable yeah. of doing that as a GP because you might be in the wrong field mate yeah um, so I started to miscarry about a week later It was horrific I remember just calling my mum and wailing down the phone because I just didn't understand why it was happening and I know that was the Saturday and for some stupid reason I didn't tell anybody else And I came to work on the Monday, like nothing had happened. And, you know, it was the start of the year. I felt like I needed to be present for my team. It was the dumbest thing. And I just sipped it up and didn't deal with it properly. And then I finally started talking about it. Uh, We didn't try to have a baby for the next two months, you know, on medical advice. And I was lucky enough to fall pregnant again quite quickly, but I was terrified the entire time yeah. and pregnancy is already scary enough and I spent the next nine months just every hour of every day so in tune mm-hmm. with what was going on in my body terrified that something was going to happen to this baby I think it was about eight or nine weeks along and I woke up one day and I didn't feel sick and instead of being relieved I was like I want to oh feel God, something's sick. wrong yeah, yeah something's wrong and I went to the emergency department like I, I lost my last baby And I woke up today feeling fine and I shouldn't. I'm only nine weeks along. And they were fantastic taking my bloods, but they didn't have anyone available to scan me to look at the baby. So I had to sit there waiting for my HCG levels to come back again. And, you know, they called and said, we don't think you have anything to worry about. Like the blood works come back. You are very, very pregnant. You're probably just having a good day. Try and relax and be happy about that. I, Bless them. I know <sighs> I couldn't, I was just constantly yeah. scared.
0: It's difficult because you're going through a grief and obviously you've fallen pregnant again and you know, you're excited and I'm grateful that you're pregnant, but it's so hard to just completely forget about what's just happened a couple of months before. And I remember feeling exactly the same as you after I'd experienced a miscarriage and then I fell pregnant a few months later. I just felt anxious the entire time. I just yep. It was like I just couldn't enjoy the feeling of, you know, I'm having a baby. It was like what if something goes wrong?
1: Yeah. You feel um, frustrated, like you've been robbed a bit of just the joyful part of pregnancy and then you feel guilty for feeling that way because you're like, oh, I should feel grateful and I'm pregnant. And then, mm. you know, it's this, com- no one's telling you that, it's just this complex narrative that you're building in your head because the next person can't fall pregnant. So I should be grateful that I'm here and blah, blah, blah. It's just exhausting. But then I think that's parenthood as well. You're constantly anxious from the moment they arrive until the day we die.
2: It's hard in that situation for you though, like to miscarry before having your first child or your first healthy pregnancy, because there's enough pregnancy anxiety as it is. Even if you have like a textbook pregnancy, everyone still worries. And I think it's really comforting for people going through similar things, just be like, okay, the chatter in my mind is somewhat normal or at least other people are experiencing it and I'm not going through this alone.
1: I like to talk about it now because I just wish I had known how common it could be and at least be prepared for it to be a thing that could happen. But I was just like, I'm pregnant, I'll have a healthy baby. That's, that's not how it works. There are so many things that need to go right for it to get there. So I like to share that story. To make the next person feel less alone or more prepared. Hopefully, it helps someone.
2: Yeah, well, good on you. We appreciate you talking about it and sharing it with us today. So, as Kate mentioned a little earlier, we're really interested to talk to you a bit about how this pandemic that we've all been living through and how the working from home model has changed the landscape for so many businesses. Firstly, like, how have you guys been navigating that? How's that experience been for you and your business?
1: our team have been absolutely fantastic in that regard. More that I found it exhausting to have every meeting be conducted where I was just sitting at my computer, staring at people through a screen, the same as every business. Like that was Mm. tiring day in and day out. And I work in the creative side of the business. So I found it particularly difficult Mm. to get the best out of people in that environment. A little uninspiring. (laughs) It is very uninspiring. You want to like bounce off each other and be in the room together and... 100 percent we were feeling that way so we had no doubt our team were feeling that way we were so fortunate we have a group within our business called babes trust we've had that around for many many years it's our kind of culture committee made up of people from different departments in the business so even pre-pandemic that existed and they were responsible for driving team bonding activities outside of work and they were so amazing at taking that into an online initiative and they ran it for two straight years through the pandemic i honestly don't know where they were drawing their energy reserves from they were just such champions of building the culture and they tell you the culture and the team in such difficult times and you know, managed to find a way. We onboarded so many team members through the pandemic. So we met people for the first time in real life in December They had been working <laughs> with us for months and months and months. We are finally back in our new office. The date we were opening it, the new lockdown started the day before, or something like that. So, we well, I guess it'll just stay empty for a few months longer. Mm. Now we're doing a um, a, mod, a hybrid model where people work from home two days a week and come into the office three days a week, and. I think it's the best thing that ever happened to us and probably a lot of other businesses because it gives people that relief from the commute, especially the parents in the team. We're already rushed enough as it is trying to get the whole household organized in the morning. You just get a bit of time back, a little bit of your own space, and then that benefit of the community and team environment on the days that you're in and you're excited to be here. Mm. So that's been our approach so far. And it's going Okay. It's interesting. I think about it or have been thinking
2: about this a lot, how this new working from home or like a hybrid model, like you're saying, some part at home, some part at work, has kind of like catapulted us into this new work-life crossover and with so much online, obviously creates like extraordinary new opportunities to improve productivity and effectiveness and work-life integration. But at the same time, it's creating all of these real challenges like information overload and the expectation of like 24-7 connectivity and how this kind of plays into parenting and families, and where we draw the line. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, even for any individual, it is so toxic to be available 24 hours a day. We use Slack like a lot of businesses. So we use that pre pandemic as well as our communication tool internally. So it's like an instant message system, and you can create, so you can talk to anyone in the team and you create little channels, so that like project channels, a sort of a project communication tool, an like instant message tool that takes over a lot of email. It's fantastic for daily communication, but because it has an app on your phone, it's so easy to then just be working 24 hours a day. You get up and Slack goes off and you're walking your dog and Slack goes off. So I deleted that from my phone. I'm like, we're not doing surgery here no one needs to be available 24 hours a day to talk about coffee scrub it's just mm. stupid so trying to encourage my team to do the same thing and I can see some of them really really struggle like my two I see. I've said this to her face so many times and if she listens to this she'll laugh I'm like delete slack off your phone please like she's struggling to make that cut and then that has a flow on effect through to the rest of the team so we need to get better as leaders sort of demonstrating that it's okay to take downtime because then One, that's more important than everything we do at work. And then when we are present at work, just be fully present in that moment and then leave it there and then be fully present in the next moment, whether that's by yourself, with your friends or with your family. So I really worry about that side of digital connectedness. Like There can be great things, but it's very hard to draw a line in the sand and differentiate between your personal time and your work time when the lines are
2: so blurred. It's just funny because now it's acceptable to like sit in a meeting and have your crying baby or, you know, have your dog barking. or and, <laughs> and it's great. Like it makes it a lot more efficient for some people. And like you said, like there's definitely positives that come out of it, you know, not having to commute, not having that sort of like drag of the five days a week. Like it almost already feels yeah. like a very old-fashioned model of working but yeah that's this sort of new expectation of like you know it's okay to still work in your pajamas from home and it's you know it's really hard and and i think i've just personally found it difficult because i already find like the juggle of working and motherhood in my mind like emotionally so challenging this oh, new yeah. added level of like expectation from digital connectivity is just like It's just too much. (laughs) It's it's too much to bear. Yeah,
1: I feel like every part of my life wants all of me. Like the parent part wants all of me, the work Mm. part wants all of me, but there's only one all of me and it can't be everywhere Mm. at once. There's elements of it that have been really positive though. So Ellery's in childcare three days a week and I drop her off at a childcare near my office and digital becomes really handy then because they have this amazing app so I know what's going on with her can see her. All day, she's doing. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if you guys have that. You get updates on, like, she had a wet nappy. She's asleep. <laughs> she ate lunch. Here's a photo. Okay. That helps me, as a mum returning to work, feel so much more confident that she is okay. And without that, I'd probably really struggle to drop her off with you know people who are essentially strangers to me but then I see how much she's thriving in that environment too and her development has come leaps and bounds in the three months since she started in childcare. I think that's where she's getting so much of this curiosity and confidence from because she's learning it from the kids around her she's making friends so I go in there and they're like she's really good friends with this kid Millie I'm like she has a friend That's amazing. My daughter's (laughs) best friend's name is Millie too. It's it's such a
0: cute name. (laughs) I know we're kind of over talking about the pandemic because let's just be honest, we all want to move on from the pandemic. We want normal, you know, living back. But what was a positive, I guess, that came out of being stuck at home for you, particularly being a
1: new mum? I find it really hard to say like this part was good because so many people suffered through COVID. And we definitely had our hard parts. Like my Husband's business got completely shut down and then eventually had to close because of the pandemic. So, we had things that were really challenging for us as a family, but then positives in that we'd actually moved down to the peninsula about maybe eight or nine months before. So, we were so fortunate then we had this acre that was our space that we could hide away in. And I went through, I fell pregnant during the pandemic, I gave birth during the pandemic, and then I had new motherhood in the pandemic. So it was very different to the experience I thought I'd had. But when I was exhausted at four o'clock in the afternoon, I wasn't stuck at my desk. I could just go (laughs) have a lie down on the couch and have a nap. That was really handy. And then pop back up to work, you know, an hour later when I'd recovered. So there were things like that that made the physical transition of pregnancy and motherhood a lot easier. And we had really beautiful moments together as a family that we probably wouldn't have had. Yeah. Otherwise, um, so it's good to focus on them rather than just the stuff that you feel like was taken away from you during the pandemic. So it forced us to reevaluate what was important to us as well. I think everyone went through yeah. that experience. We had deeper conversations with each other about what we wanted life to look like and what we valued, and mm. you had the space to have those kind of conversations. So I don't totally. know if other – you, did you find that in your households? Absolutely, 100%,
2: yeah. Things that you probably wouldn't have talked about or had the time to talk about.
0: <laughs> I feel like priorities changed a little bit, you know, you realised mm. what was really important and more things that you wanted to focus on, particularly like moving forward and in the future. And mm. all the extra time from my perspective, like that I got with my young kids as well, that me and my husband would not have had that together with our kids at these ages if it wasn't for the pandemic. In saying that, like, you know, like everyone, it was certainly there was the ups and downs, but there was, you know, some nice moments that came from the pandemic, I think. It is just nice to remember some good things out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> just try to make it a good thing.
2: <laughs> there has been so much suffering and there's just so much suffering in the world right now. Like it's a weird time to sort of be positive really, but I think it's also nice just to, be in the world that we are in and just appreciate that and still talk about that, the good things in it.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I feel energetically things feel so strange right now, not to get too like woo-woo mm. on everybody, but I know you think like this, so it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, the, the world is a really strange place right now and finding that balance of being grateful for the things that we do have, but mm. they're not falling into that, toxic positivity where we just pretend everything is fine because it's not there's so much shit going wrong and it's okay to be have those moments of anger and frustration as well so I don't know about you guys I feel like a bit of a pendulum swinging back and forth between two extremes and Mm. the um the motherhood rage thing is really real no one told me about this (laughs) that I would just feel so fucking angry out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) all the time All The time uh, I wish I'd known about that.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I just enjoyed. literally walk at my kids. I'm just, like, I'm just gonna walk out of the room just for two seconds, or I'm actually gonna lose my fucking mind. And then I come back in 10 minutes later. I'm like, cool, all good. We good. Just yelled at a wall for 10 minutes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hiding in a cupboard, screaming into a pillow.
2: <laughs> Jess, we honestly could talk to you for hours and hours on end. Forever. But we know a lot of people would be tuning into this, you know, to, to, to hear about your career journey and your business journey. So we're just interested to ask for what your little piece of advice would be for people who are building a brand or running a business at the same time as raising young kids, because it's a conversation that comes up a lot amongst our groups and amongst our friends. What's your little piece of advice on it?
1: Oh, God. Is there a little piece of advice I can give? We (laughs) were, it's so dependent, I think, on the stage that you're at in your business. We were fortunate that my businesses were 10 and eight years old, respectively, when I went on maternity leave. So they were in a really stable place with a lot of staff, and I could step away from my day to day role. Mm. Had I had Ellery a few years earlier, it would have been a really different case. And, um, I would have been probably back at work within a couple of weeks trying to get stuff done. I think the best piece of advice I can give is to just be gentle with yourself. Don't strive for balance because it does not exist. Um, Mm. Just try and find a rhythm that works for you. And I prefer that word so much because balance just the word assumes that everything is in equilibrium and that things are all going okay and they're not like you're going to have a fire over here that you can't put out because you're dealing with something over here and just accept that that's going to be the way things go the former version of the way you worked no longer exists like you have to just cut ties with things and accept your new normal and find ways to peacefully work such great advice yeah it took me a while to work it out but um and then like go scream in a cupboard occasionally (laughs) okay guys
0: I don't do this like on a daily basis (laughs) okay maybe I do Jess we really should let you go although we don't want to like I would happily keep chatting to you forever me too Um, nice. nice thank you so much for joining us it's been our absolute pleasure to have you here today and we really appreciate it Especially thanks, with your cold Kate, and your thanks. bout of gastro in your
1: house. You're a <laughs> as as I, keep, I keep putting myself on mute to blow my nose. I'm so sorry. The, vi- the video is going to look so unattractive. No, you look
0: great. But, um, I love your purple jumper. You look gorgeous. Oh, thanks.
1: Yeah, it's fun, this one. Um, but thank you so much, Kate and so It was really lovely to chat and um, just have such an honest conversation about the clusterfuck that is motherhood <laughs> and parenthood and working. It's a beautiful... Can't spicy cocktails. Yes. yes. Spicy, spicy. cocktails. Spicy mark. That's what yes. it is. <laughs> Yum. I could totally go one of them right now. <laughs> I think That's we cool. have some at um two thirty today. Our team is clocking off and making some spicy See marks. You Come there. Cheers you to that. Toe. Thanks, Jess.
2: <laughs> Talk soon. Thanks, ladies.
0: That's it for today. Make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes. Hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow us on Instagram at Talking In Common. Or you can check out our Facebook page, which is also Talking In Common. Have a lovely day and as always, thanks for listening.